the Mess It Up podcast, where we take your mess and turn it into a message. And now, here's Biker Chick and the Bowtie Guy. Welcome to the Mess It Up podcast. I am the Bowtie Guy. And I am the Biker Chick. I almost called myself the Biker Guy, but I'm not. I'm the Bowtie Guy. And uh, like we said several times, this is the Mess It Up podcast. We are here to uh, hopefully invigorate your day. And this is show number 77. And hopefully we don't have one of these, uh, not secret words, but you know, big words, the word of the week. Hopefully we don't have one of these on air because our word of the week this week is Donnybrook. Do you know what a Donnybrook is? Shaking her head. I can't even right the now. Donnybrook is, is, do you know? No. How would it's, I know? Who no. knows those things, oh, Paul? Man, this is, everybody You're crazy. knows Donnybrook. It's like a fight. It's like a, like a row, like a, a brouhaha. It's like, oh, there's a Donnybrook going on in the ice right now, right in the middle of that hockey game. Is it a hockey word? I don't think so. I don't know. Maybe it's an English word that got used by the Canadians that then, because hockey is Canadian. I, you know what? We've got the internet, and I will look up Donnybrook and see what it says about the uh, uh, the thing. All right, Donnybrook right here. Donnybrook is uh, Australian, North American and Australian. So there you go. A scene of uproar and disorder, a heated argument. Our show is definitely a scene of Yeah, we were having a raucous, ideological Donnybrook. <laughs> oh, my. There's also apparently a movie that came out in 19, or 2018 called Donnybrook. Uh, so uh, there we go. Hmm. Fun, fun, fun. The stuff you learn by listening to a podcast, right? Right. So uh, we'll get some stuff out of the way right up front. If people, I mean, you're listening to this, so you found it. But if you want to share it with people, just know that the podcast is available on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on Spotify. You can even ask your uh, Amazon Echo to play the Mess It Up podcast, and it'll play the most recent one for you. And uh, that's kind of fun. We are also available on social media, such as Facebook, if you look for Mess It Up podcast. If you look for us at Mess It Up podcast on Twitter. And Instagram, we're also on there. We have a subreddit, too, called Messed Up Ministries, where we like to talk about things. So get involved with all those things. It makes it more fun. I go and check these things. There's not a lot of activity on it, and so it makes it difficult to keep up because, like, well, there's no one going on there. Um, I've told this story to people before, but, you know, enjoy. Uh, Back in the day when I used to do a lot of technology stuff, I was on Facebook before anybody else was. Everyone was still on MySpace, and so there was no one there. So it was really boring being on a social media platform with no social going on. So that was tricky for me as well. Anyhow, we are on all those different platforms. You can also sponsor the show by uh, going to messituppodcast.com, clicking on the little button that says uh, become a patron, and uh, you can sponsor our show for as little as a dollar a month, and that helps to uh, pay the bills, get things going. We really appreciate our patrons. Uh, there's special stuff for folks who uh, patronize us. But if you choose not to, that's okay also because we still have all this free uh, content available for you. Go back and listen to old shows. And uh, I guess that's about all we got. I'm putting Christina to sleep. She's checking her email. She's checking her text messages. She's going. Maybe she's going to Patreon and becoming a patron. I was. And <laughs> I love the honesty. So uh, today, 
I wanted to throw a little something out there at you for the topic of the show. And I asked Christine, I said, hey, how do you feel? Do you want to work something up here and talk about it? You want just to throw it at you blind? She's, she's going in blind, folks. So I think that's kind of exciting. This is a concept that uh, was presented to me by one of my guys in prison the last uh, couple weeks here. He said this to me and then he just said it again today. He was talking about the difference between a law and a principle. And do you, do you want to hazard any guess before I throw out the, uh, uh, the, the thought? No, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> so his premise is that a law is something that we will try to get around. A rule is something that we'll say, okay, this is the rule and we will see if we can go around it. For instance, uh, don't eat, uh, all the Twinkies. Okay, well, I'll eat all but one of the Twinkies. The rule is you can't eat all the Twinkies, so you'll eat, you know, all but one of them. But if the rule is eat healthy, or if the, the, the principle is eat healthy, you can't get around that principle and, and still eat those Twinkies. It's the, the, the principle thing. That, so when we get principles from God and we work on principles like love one another, then it takes it and changes it from those Old Testament laws where it was like, or you have to do this, 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 and this. And they kept on trying to get around it and maneuver and make it so that they could bend that law and, and bend that rule instead of just living within the principle of loving one another. Processing it or, or calling it hooey. Your face is saying one or the other of those, and I, I can't interpret it because there's no words coming out of it. Um... I'm processing. Processing. So it, go yeah. ahead. So um, he was talking about it as it relates to our recovery. And we were looking at the idea of forgiving ourselves. And when, we, when we're forgiving ourselves, a lot of times, and, and this is in a, a prison set, situation, it's Celebrate Recovery Inside. So it's, it's men who have broken the law quite resoundingly. And so... It's not a question of, did you break some rules? It's which rules did you break and, and how are you going to get past that? Because a lot of them have victims um, who have uh, suffered emotionally or physically and, and perhaps even to death. And to try to uh, come up with a way to forgive themselves for that can be very difficult. And so he's talking about the fact that we look at laws and rules and we oftentimes as human, it's our, our nature to want to get close to that rule. I remember in my classroom, I'd say, okay, well, here's the rule. You know, you've got to be here such and such a time. So people would roll in right at the last second. Uh, you know, recess is this long and you don't see kids ending recess early so they can be to class on time. They, they want to go and get as much as they can out of it. And sometimes when we push those limits, it forces us to bend laws. Uh, if I decide I'm watching something on TV before I go on a trip and I want to see just one more minute, well, now I think, oh, I'll make that minute up on the, on the highway and I'll go one or two miles over the speed limit because certainly the officer will allow me to go faster than the posted speed limit, even though the definition is that's the limit. We can't go any faster than that or run afoul of the rule. But we, I try to get around those things. I try to bend them. I try to make them work to my advantage. Uh, instead of looking at what the principle is, I'm, I'm just looking to see, right, can, get, can I get around this without actually breaking the rule or can I just bend it in a way that it hasn't quite snapped, but it feels like it's within the acceptable range of, of stuff. 
She's got nothing. This is going to be the Paul podcast <laughs> this today. This is going to be the Paul podcast. Um, well, how does that look in your life? I mean, are you, are you a rule follower, a principle follower, rule breaker? I think it depends, honestly. On? The value I hold in that rule. Okay. And is that dependent on who made the rule or where it comes from or if it seems reasonable to you? Probably a little bit of all of it. Okay. So like the laws of the land or uh, rules of the house or parents, uh, stuff that maybe an accountability partner or a sponsor puts on you as a, a thing? What, what kind of things go into this determination for you? Um... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to think on this topic, Paul. Yeah. It's kind of got me. Um, Because I think those things that our heart, our hearts are in, those things that we believe in, those things that um, we value are the things that we abide by. Like. It's much easier to abide by. Yes. in, In marriage. If you value and love and respect your marriage, then you're going to honor your vows. If you don't, you think that the value lies outside of your marriage or outside of something else, and you're going to break those vows and honor the other things that seem more important to you. Um, just like breaking the law. You know, if you value the fact that getting there a little faster is more important to you, then you're going to do that versus abide by the written law that's out there. So I think it's a value thing to me. Knee jerk reaction. I'm thinking, and I haven't spent enough time, so I don't know. Maybe I don't want to say definitely this is the rule, but it seems like quite frequently it's going to fall down to uh, a selfish decision on that. Like, okay, this is more important to me than that is. So, me getting what I want is more important than the law getting what it wants. Like, I want to get there faster. So, getting there late, even though it's my fault. I, I, I don't want to do that because I don't want to be late because then it's embarrassing and it messes up my day. So I'm going to, I'm going to roll the dice and hope that there's no cops. Everyone right say, now that's driving is looking at their speedometer. All I got to say is, wow. Um, I don't, I don't know that everything is self-centered driven in life. I'm trying to think of where, where, where it isn't on that. Wow. Where I'm making that decision. Um, I think sometimes you do things for other people that are outside of what you desire for yourself. I know there's plenty of times I'm sure you sacrificed something that you felt was valuable for your wife. But breaking a law or a rule for that. There can be rules that you're breaking. I mean, if it's very important to your wife that you maintain the speed limit, would you sacrifice that for her on some occasions or not? It just depended on your value where that value lies. Yeah. I think, like, I don't know. It just, it seems very, and I'm a, I'm a rebellious natured person. No. I, I just am. But I also think that was instilled in me because a lot of values, you know, a lot of things were taken from me. I was invalued. I was abused. I was, you know, emotionally hurt a lot. So I, I then turned internally to, you know, nobody else is going to honor me and value me. So I'm just going to look after number one here. Right. But as I heal and go recover in recovery, it, that shift is changing. Like I'm definitely more self-sacrificing in a lot of areas in my life. 
So I think it just depends. Yeah. I don't know. Interesting. Send us your thoughts on that because I'm still pondering that in my head, what it might be. Um, and uh, it, uh, it intrigues me, to be sure. Well, let's talk about murder. Like, you're not going to go kill somebody. Hopefully. <laughs> Is it because you value their life or you value your freedom? Or a combination of both? I, I think because it can be situated. Generally speaking... Because I value their life. I was like, hmm, Paul, let me... But if if someone is threatening my wife, my child, right. then I might do that murder um, where I normally wouldn't because my my loved one is involved. And I, might, so, I might do that murder. Do that murder. <laughs> I'm dying right now. I don't even know what to say to that. I don't know. I would never... Here's what you're doing. What am I doing? You're judging me because I have glasses and I'm a nerd and I can't talk I'm, like I've been in I'm prison not, a lot. <laughs> I'm not judging you at all, but do that murder. Um, I don't know. I, I couldn't ever, you know, I think situationally, if somebody was to hurt my child, you know, to the point where I no longer had my child, I don't want to say kill my child because that just makes my heart break. But, you know, I still don't in my heart don't justify and I've, I've never been in that situation. So until I'm in the situation, I can't speak from that situation. I just don't see where I'm not saying it's justified. Well, I just don't see where I, I as, might no, cross I, that line at that point. I'm just saying in my heart. Yeah. Thank you. Let me speak for well, biker chick here. Biker chick, Go for it. Like, I don't think we're we about to have a Donnie Brook. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm going to kick him. Um, yeah, I didn't kick him. <laughs> like, I just don't, I don't know that if, obviously the, the life of my child is probably the most valuable thing on earth to me, but I still don't know that that constitutes taking the life of somebody else's child, no matter what that looks like. Do I want justice? Yeah. But does justice look like, you know, taking somebody else's brother, sister, mother, father? Like, I can't comprehend that. I can't say right. that that's what I would want in my head ever yeah. because I value the life of somebody else regardless of what they've done. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's hard to be binary on things. We, we, we live in a society that sometimes wants binary rules and, and, uh, choices of it's this or it's that, but sometimes we don't, we're not able to get that because it's a lot it's dependent on so many factors. So many things are so dependent on factors. Like, for instance, I, I cook in the, in the family. And so I will go to the refrigerator and I'll take the chicken out and I will cut it up and I will cook the chicken and serve the chicken for dinner. However, if the chicken was running around in the yard, we'd probably go hungry for a long time before I'd go out there and, you know, kill the chicken and pluck the chicken and process the chicken. I like to have somebody else do that for me. Um, and, but if I got hungry enough, at some point I would. And I remember watching a, a, a show on survival where these people had to survive and the person started eating bugs like day one. He's like, I got to get used to this because at some point I'm going to be here and I'm going to be eating these bugs. So I might as well get used to it now. Whereas other people are like, okay, I'll wait until maybe, maybe something will come through and I won't have to eat the bug. So, so all I kept thinking is, what is the definition difference between law and principle? Why did you look it up? I did. Ooh. 
So a law is a rule of conduct or action prescribed or formally recognized as binding or enforced by a controlling authority. Whereas a principle is, I go through tabs here, a fundamental truth or preposition that serves as a foundation for a system of belief or behavior or for a chain of reasoning. So to me, that tells me rules are kind of set by external systems. Mm-hmm. Principles are the foundation of your personal belief. So I think it's an internal versus an external sort of difference. Interesting. That's how I take it. Interesting. So I think I'm going to follow principles because if it's the foundation of what I believe, obviously that's something that I value and hold very dear to my heart. Mm -hmm. Rules are set forth by outside governing agencies or, you know, in a family system or whatever it is. It's not something I necessarily value and believe in, whereas a principle is. Right. So I think that clarifies it a lot for me. Interesting. I think there's still a lot to ponder. Why this are you looking at me crazy? Ponder a lot. Really? Uh, I ju- it just yeah. doesn't seem that deep to me. Ah, it, it, this is, I've, 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 I've spent a long time thinking on this. And, I can tell by yeah, your eyebrows. Yeah. It's yeah. a, it's a thinker for me, but, hmm. uh, that, that's, uh, that's what makes everybody interesting is sometimes things are thinkers and sometimes they're not. If you want to send us, uh, an email and tell us who you agree with, it's a thinker or not a thinker, uh, go ahead and do that. We'll tally them up and see who, uh, who the listeners uh, email with. We're not going to say anybody wins or loses based on that because, I mean, maybe no one will email. Maybe someone will email a bunch of times. Uh, but anyhow, it's interesting for me to think about. I love that kind of stuff. Huh. Uh, and that brings us to, holy cow, we've been burning through the minutes here. Uh, brings us to our, our song of the week this week, which has nothing to do with what we've been talking about. But uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, the wife and I went to go see my wife and I, not the wife. I hate when people say the wife. I said that that was rude. I apologize. Bev, I love you. You're my best. Um, but Bev and I went to go see Mercy Me, and they did a song that he wrote for his daughter called Hello Beautiful. And I thought, oh, I want to put that on the podcast. That's a great song. So this is Mercy Me with Hello Beautiful. We'll be back on the other side of the break to talk about that and other things. So, so there's disagreement. 
amongst the ranks. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Yeah. I just tell him, Paul, it just seems like one of those little uh, Christian songs that everything's great. Just do this. I've had enough. I'm going to move forward. Life is going to be great. I'm going to, you know, grab it by the shirt tails. I don't know. That's not what I wanted to say. <laughs> so, But I don't know another word yeah. for what I want to say. You just grab it by the, the, and go on. Uh-huh. And it just feels empty and void of reality of struggle. That's all. It's huh. one of those feel-good songs, like, hey, you're great. And my heart's just not right there yeah. right now. So right. I mean, nothing and against Mercy Me. And I do agree that me, there's feel-good in it, but, which, which I think, mm-hmm. you know, we should be uplifted uh, mm-hmm. by things. But I also <laughs> see it and I say, by, by things. Yeah. Uh, but in the, uh, maybe the second, yeah, second verse, it says, that's the sound of me walking out of this prison cell. So mm-hmm. it, it, it doesn't say that it's just easy. No. He's been he's been in a prison cell. It just seems like locked it's in, right? And and uh, to deal with it. And I think the reason I really like Mercy Me so much is because they'll write songs like this. Something big going by. It's an old car. Uh, but they don't just write one song about this. It's almost like to me like the Psalms uh, that David wrote. You can just see that struggle, like man, this is horrible. And after he talks to God for a while, he starts seeing the light and, and, and walking toward the light. And I get that out of so many Mercy Me songs. It's like, it's darkness. There's that, like, you know, song that I love, Bring the Rain. It's like, there's these songs are written out of difficult times. And I've been in difficult times and, and had to struggle to get through them. And then when I get out, I'm, I want to celebrate. I want to woohoo. And I don't want to... Woohoo! Yeah. So where would you, what, what, what would you, what would you tweak in this song to make it more? Uh, oh, it has nothing to do with the song. Yeah. It's all my heart issue. Yeah. It's nothing. Yeah. The song's great. <laughs> it's just me. Just you with, at the Crankies? Just, just me. Having a Donnybrook with yourself? I'm just tired this week. Physically? Physically, emotionally, everything. Like yeah. school is tough. Um, you know, lots of stuff going on with a teenager. Yeah. I had three appointments this week. I've got two out-of-town appointments this week, two next week. That whole I tired mean, of the just, struggle or from the struggle conflict. It's just a lot. I mean, my, my full-time job is being mom and wife and student, you know, and it is 24-7. And co-host. And co-host of yeah. El Podcasto. Yeah. Yes. It is a 24-7 deal. Yeah. And I just, you know, it's hard when there's no downtime. That's a very phlegmy H. Sorry about Marathons that, Marathons are tricky, too, because you know, I mean, a sprint is like, all right, I'm going as hard as I can, as fast as I can, but it's going to be done. And just, I see it right there. You don't see the end Mm-mm. of the marathon from the beginning. Well, and it's, it's hard because I have, I have so much self-doubt, mm-hmm. you know, and I have a lot of self-doubt when it comes to my school and, you know, what God's going to do with that. And it really has nothing to do with me if I just remain faithful to what he, he wants me to do and take myself out of it. It simplifies it a lot. But as I sit there and I learn and I study and I forget that these are master's classes, they're, right. they're so much harder. Not supposed to be easy. They're not. And the grade scale is completely different. Mm -hmm. It's like a seven point grade scale instead of a 10. So A's are much more limited. B's are much more limited. It's just harder. It's harder and you have to critically think. And I mean, you're getting a master's. I mean, it's just a different level and trying to school at that level, trying to 
mom at the level I need to mom at every day, trying to wife, you know, it's just, it's just a lot right now. Well, and and everything can tend to boil down to decision-making and everything is just like, here's another decision I have to make, another decision I have to make, another, and, and it, I can see where I have a bunch of decisions to make that it can be tricky to feel like, all right, I have to make not just one correct decision. I've got to make one and then the next one, the next, and it, it starts to get, um, to me, it feels like the law of averages starts to add up. It's like, all right, at some point you're going to drop one of these things, man. You're going to, you're going to drop the ball. The plate's going to stop spinning and everything's going to come crashing down and it's not going to be pretty when it comes crashing down. I drop plates all the time. Yeah. I am not shy about dropping plates. I'm like, oh, crash. Did you see that one go? Huh. That one wasn't meant to be. I, I think it's just a pressure. The long term. After, while you're running in the thing, do you keep on, keep on trucking? Because that, that will have a tendency of grinding me down. Well, yeah, I think I slow down. Yeah. I don't think I chuck so fast. Yeah. I, it, it is. It's wearing. But... I think I get ahead of myself so much. I start to look into the future at what that looks like instead of just resting in today and what that looks like. Right. Then I start to get overwhelmed. You know, there's, there's, I've got, you know, school debt and getting more debt for what, you know, a a career. I don't even know what it looks like. I have no idea what God's going to do with it Yeah. Or, or if I'm qualified, you know, thank God. He doesn't call the qualified. He, you know, qualifies the called. Right. Yeah. And it's so. Is it? Uh, you said, and I, I, I lost the word when we went with the qualified thing. Uh, but you, you said something along the lines of that you get uh, weary or scared or tired of looking at. And you, you mentioned you've got the debt and all that. Mm-hmm. Is that looking at what is yet to be done or what you didn't get done and now you've got other stuff is it is it more of just the pile in the future or is it the pile chasing you from behind yes both <laughs> i'm like yes both That's simultaneously or dependent it, on uh, situational i think i mean it's situational for mm-hmm. sure but it's a lot of both yeah i mean it's a lot of you know the pressure of i'm seven years sober am, am i far enough along am i um Am I doing what I'm supposed to do? Have, have I learned enough? Have I, you know, am I meeting all the standards? Um, one thing I learned, it's called imposter syndrome. And I found that very intriguing. It's where you feel like you're an imposter in a situation. Oh. Like you don't, you don't yes. belong, that you're, mm-hmm. you're faking it. And, um, cause I was telling my therapist last and week that about that. Cause that's me. I'll feel that. But I feel like my fear isn't that I'm faking it. It's that like. Someone's going to come and I'm going to get found out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's why I was explaining it to her last week. I said, you know, I walk into a therapist's office and she's professionally dressed. She's not tattooed. She's not pierced. She's not, you know, she's very businessy-like looking, you know, mental health professional. So you twin. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, she's quite a bit younger than I am. And um, when Nobody I look at that. Nobody is quite a bit younger than you because you're still a spring chicken. I will be 40. Yeah, well. I am not that much of a spring chicken. Believe me. I like to think that I'm still young and I'm not. I am 40 years, you know, I'll be 40 in two months. Um, so I should have a certain maturity level by now. And I just don't feel like I got, I have that. I, I, I feel like, you know, I, 
I'm stepping into this mental health realm of, you know, teaching from a biblical foundation that I don't know the Bible well enough. I don't know how to, you know, do all of these things. I don't have these tools. I'm not invested enough. I don't work hard enough. Like there's just so many, I don't enoughs. Mm-hmm. And I start to beat myself into a bloody pulp Yeah. with, and then, you know, thank God for the other side of my brain that isn't feeling all of these things, but it's more logical and can stand on the truths of God, you know, that he doesn't, you know, call the equipped, he equips the called. And he has brought me on this journey for a reason. And I'm going to be able to reach people that my counselor cannot. You know, if she sat in a room full of drunks and druggies, as I say, they look at her and question her credibility. Whereas if I sat in that same room, they would look at me and, and be able to connect a little quicker. Yeah. And so there's, there's a lot of differences that... I just, the enemy is working on me really, really hard when it comes to um, the challenges that I'm trying to face and overcome in counseling. So I've done my third EMDR session. And so um, we're working on those traumas from my childhood and I'm feeling great. You know, we're working through some really tough stuff and it just seems like the doubts in other areas are starting to push because I'm, you know, I'm starting to learn the truths about myself over here that are Christ-centered and my value. And so the enemy's got to find, you know, his foothold where sure. it's at and really take over. And I think one of the greatest tools that uh, can be used against us or one of the, the victories that we can give is to be silent, mm-hmm. to be quiet, to not share. To just be like, well, you know, I, I mean, I hear this so often in recovery circles. Well, m- my life is nothing like yours. So my... My, my struggle isn't big enough or good enough or match or anything like that. Minimizing. Yeah. Yeah. Complete. I like how you whispered minimizing mm-hmm. too. You should have screened it. Minimizing! She. You can email bowtieguy <laughs> at messituppodcast.com for that one. Apologize if you were using headphones. Yeah. <laughs> uh, wow. But. Um, I jumped. The, uh, the, that idea of getting fooled into the fact that you're not enough. good enough. That's all it comes down to. You are not enough. Yeah. And that your story can't matter that your, Mm -hmm. everybody's story matters. I mean, mother Teresa didn't do a lot of bad stuff in her life, but her story mattered. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people will take from the good. Sometimes take from the bad. Sometimes they'll take both. And our stories, there's someone that so desperately needs to hear everybody's story. And because with 7 billion people, the chances of being completely unique are really tiny. And so they're gonna latch on to something that you do or say. And and me, I'm, you know, nerdy computer guy with the bow tie and the glasses and all that stuff. But when I go into the prison and they find out that I've been there, instant credibility. Cause they know that I've been where they were sitting and I've been wearing those clothes. And so that the stuff that I'm telling them isn't just me coming in and making myself feel good because I read a book. It's like I put this into practice and and here's where I am. So yeah. yeah. Well, we've taken up a half an hour of people's lives. Well done, sir. And, uh, and well young done. lady. Uh, so we're going to wrap this one up and, uh, let people get back onto their lives. I do apologize for the loudness. I, um, if you don't know what I'm talking about, that means that I was able to go back and find it and lower that part of the volume. If you do know what I'm talking about, I'm sorry. <laughs> and, uh, the first person to email me about the noise, the first person gets a, uh, a $5 Starbucks card 
to uh, let them feel my apology. However, I can't do that for everyone, so get on it. As soon as you hear that, uh, send an email to bowtieguy at messituppodcast.com. If you post it on our Facebook instead, I'll give you a $7 card. So that way, uh, I encourage you to use the Facebook. So uh, your choice, however you want to do it. Check us out on all of our things. Share the podcast. Please go wherever you're listening. Give us a rating. That is like the best thing you can do because that means more people will find us. And uh, it costs nothing other than your time. Hopefully a five-star rating and a nice review. But if you don't like it, let us know. So that way we can find out you know, how we're rubbing people wrong as well as uh, doing the right things. And uh, we just really appreciate all that information. So... Uh, We will see you next time we mess it up. Bye. Thanks for checking out the Mess It Up podcast. If you've got any questions or feedback, please email info at messituppodcast.com. Don't forget to share with your friends, and we'll see you next time we mess it up. Mess it up.